Molly Ringwald puts Ducky in the friend zone. Jessica Alba sues Playboy, and the Grammys swallow a jagged little pill. This week on 302010. Yet another look at what happened this week in entertainment. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. This is 302010. I'm one of your hosts, Brett Elston. Ah, Chris Antista rejecting yet another opportunity to upgrade to Windows 10. (laughs) Uh, Henry Gilbert trading up from Valerie Harper. (laughs) Don't get it. (laughs) You will soon. Diana Goodman trading up from Justine Bateman? Hopefully one of these days these jokes will make me... Well, I will understand We will them. explain them. Good. Is that coming up in the movies segment? Television. Television. All right. Well, 1986. We'll, we'll start. Uh, so if you don't know, this show, we go week by week. This is the sequence of uh, February 26th through March 3rd, 1986, 96, and 06. Obviously, we're starting in the 80s. Movies this week uh, released this week and also just by the way the weeks break down from mm-hmm. year to year. Uh, released this week and number one in the same time period is Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink, baby. Uh, released on February 28th, but on March 2nd would be the number one movie uh, mm-hmm. in the country. John Hughes was ruling the cinema at this I, time. I kind of think this is the definitive John Hughes movie. Really? He didn't even direct this one, did he? No, no, he didn't. But uh, he wrote it. Yeah. And, I mean, Breakfast Club is the better movie. Yep. I think. But it, I think this is the most John Hughes movie that there is because it's about teenagers and it's about what teenagers care about. And you know what it turns out teenagers care about? Stupid things. Yeah, yeah I, watching this now, I, I know I'm really far away from being a teenager, but I don't. These are not real problems. Well, no. But, you know, okay, I, I have a problem with this movie. What is the plot of this movie? The plot of this movie is Molly Ringwald is a girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm. Shermer, and Illinois has the wrong side of the tracks. It does. It's just her and, and her dad, mm-hmm. Gary Dean Stanton. Um, Single and, parent. That's a ta- that's a broken home and, right there. And she's got uh, she's got a crush on this rich guy played by Andrew McCarthy, and they like each other. But his rich friends, as uh, typified by James Spader, think that she sucks. And Molly Ringwald's poor friend, typified by John Cryer, thinks that rich people suck. And who is she going to go to prom with? They'll never get along, man. Wow. Uh, so what clip? Do we have a clip of. Uh, yeah, you brought me some clips here. There's the one. The one where the Ultron is talking to Andrew McCarthy. Yeah. Ah, about dating Molly Ringwald. That one I know. I thought that was very uncool of you last night, boy. What? What? You mean Andy? Yeah, I mean Andy. What's a big deal? I like her. Matter of fact, I was pissed off at you guys for being so nasty to her. It was way out of order for you to foist her on the party. Steph, you hear yourself? You hear the same asshole shit I hear? What, do I have to spell it out for you, Blaine? I guess so. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know? As a matter of fact, everybody's just about to puke for me. You know, if you got a hard-on for trash, don't take care of it around those pal, right? So their dating is a problem for them because one of them is wealthy and one is middle class. These are... 
These are not issues. Yeah, did you, did this ever happen to you as teenagers? I can't recall ever yeah. talking know, to my friends about what their dads did or spe- how big a house they lived yeah. in. Especially, especially if you're a guy. Because you know what trumps class? A hard-on yeah. of a teenager. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, and listen, the, the clip with uh, uh, Molly and uh, Andy and uh, McCarthy. Oh, Andy, I'm having a bad day. Can we talk later? No. What about prom? Why don't we just meet after school? No! What about prom? Andy, come on. Just say it. What? Just say it. A month ago, I asked somebody else and I forgot. You're Ooh. a liar! You're a filthy fucking no-go liar! You didn't have the guts to tell me the truth! Just say it! I'm not lying. Tell me! What? Tell me! What do you want to hear? Just tell me! What? You're ashamed to be seen with no, me. No, I am You're not. ashamed I am to go not. out with me. You're afraid. No, You're terrified that your goddamn rich friends want to prove. Just say it. <sighs> Just tell me the truth. You don't understand that it has nothing at all to do with you. It's so I, I don't know. Am I too old? Like, I can't even slightly relate I, to you this. You know, I, I've tried to relate to this because uh, I'm a, a girl who grew up through the 80s, and this was, like, required viewing. I mean... Well, I get it confused with this, the rest of the John Carter <clears throat> Girl trilogy because they deal with this again, don't they? Yeah, well, well they make the other one so John Cryer can get the girls. Yeah, Spoiler there's, warning. there's some kind of wonderful, which is the exact same movie with the gender swapped and with a different outcome Mm -hmm. which if you take them together basically says it's okay for a girl to fuck her way up but not for a guy to because that puts him in a passive position that is my Mm -hmm. crazy marxist feminist reading i totally i I get that yeah i just can't imagine a scenario growing up in florida where two white people could not date each other well i feel like we were all surrounded by like it was it was all just like rednecks and and well, who, middle class. Who drew no... the school district lines that there is yeah. that much of a difference? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And, this should have been gerrymandered better to keep out yeah, the, keep I mean, out those kids. You think James Spader is such a fucking snob? Why isn't he at prep school exactly. instead of this public school? Fucking Shermer lobbyist. <laughs> God damn. I mean, even I mean, my whole area growing up, like fairly. It's mostly lower middle class to to just true neutral middle class, mm-hmm. but there's still like pockets of like, well, these people, some of them make ninety thousand dollars, and Whoa. and so so there'll be some random kids in the class who have a slightly better shirt from Target. <laughs> uh, so like you like again again you just see like even when all there is is white people, we will still draw the lines and yeah. find some way. High school will find a way to ostracize somebody. Yeah, it's like well, yeah. how Italian are you? <laughs> So Molly Ringwald's good in this, but this is John Cryer. This is, is the, John Cryer's movie. But he's the breakout. It's now being held aloft for different reasons for John Cryer. Mm, yeah. Well, because John Cryer, he is the best friend who loves her so much. And why can't she just see that how nice. much he I was cares totally this that guy. he's a nice guy? And if he just dogs her long enough, he'll wear her down and <sighs> she will love him back. I spent years doing this. We have a clip of Cryer. He's taught generations of kids the Persistence. wrong way. Yeah, but I think we all did. Like, yeah, you have a desperation on someone you have a crush on. And that's, yeah, yeah. And that's does, not how you start a good relationship but, with but the, desperate longing. Yeah, but like, the end of the movie does pay off the way it's supposed to go, which is that, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, she ends up with Andrew McCarthy and they kiss while the OMD song plays. And... Ducky's like, oh, I'm sad. Now I'm alone at the prom. My date just left me. And Christy Swanson, boom, right there. Yeah. <laughs> See, boom. the second you stop looking, they find you. But like, yeah. I, I'd find no sympathy in Ducky's uh, speech no. anymore. No. So here's a clip of Ducky. Ducky, I'm really sorry. 
is this um you're gonna you're gonna go out with this guy? I mean, is this you know, like a date or Yeah. I mean you'll like him. He's not like the other guys. Seriously. No, no, no what Annie You really pissed me off, you know, cause because you know they shit all over everybody, including you. I just I can't believe you'd be this stupid. You're shitting on me. I'm not gonna let anybody shit well, on me. He's just he's gonna use your ass and throw you away. God, I would have died for you. Uh, it does feel weird goosebumps so yeah i mean he's also like the funny guy he's funnier he's smarter he has more personalities i know i am i mean ducky they wear the same hat he likes the otis redding though so points definitely for him but that also just feels like a thing that the writer did like yeah i'm as cool as ducky and i would like that song and i'd be i'd be way ahead of all the other teens who and i listen to otis redding songs. and i feel that all my credit hours to get in that pussy exactly yeah, yeah. Well, women are just vending machines, and if you put enough quarters marked friendship in them, yeah. they dispense sex on you. Yeah, yeah. eventually. You are all garbage. <laughs> well, I, that stayed. The funny. I also think the funny thing with John Cryer is that uh, several. I, I read this interview with him where he said many people have come up to told him like. You know, the problem with Ducky is is that he's gay and that he's like, mm-hmm. he thinks he's in love with his best friend when he really is interested in men. And, and I'm guessing John just, Cryer starts blushing and John Cryer more. says he's not gay. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not gay. And you don't have any proof that he's gay. I <laughs> talk to my lawyer. He's a new romantic. Shut up. <laughs> and yeah, he said in an interview, he said, I get why people say that, but as an effeminate straight man myself, I think Ducky is just an effeminate straight man who people mistake for being Which gay. I also yeah. was. Just, and everybody fair. did yeah. mistake me for gay. Uh, me too. You can't do this and, and respect yourself. You, 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 you can't. Well, I'll make that decision, all right? Sure, you can, you can do what you want. You know, you're talking like that just because I'm going out with Blaine. 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 His name is Blaine. <laughs> oh no! Oh, keep playing. Blaine. Blaine. Ducky. That's the exact reaction I just said. That's a major appliance. That's not a name. Just because I'm going out with Blaine doesn't mean I can't be friends with you. I mean, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Oh, that's very nice. I'm, I'm glad. Here's, here's the point, Annie. I'm, not, I'm not particularly concerned with whether or not you like me. Because I live to like you, and 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 I can't like you anymore. No. So so when no. you get your heart splattered all over hell and, and you're feeling really low <laughs> and dirty, don't don't look to me to help pump you back up, cause cause cause, cause maybe for the first time in your life I won't be there. Oof. I can't believe you're actually saying this. Well, I guess that's just tough shit. Jesus. Yeah, it just doesn't feel the same as it did in the eighties. These lines. Uh, I mean, there's no universal relationship, uh, you know, advice that applies to everybody. But I'll generally say. Once, whether it's a girl or guy, it doesn't matter. Whoever you're into, once they smell that desperation yeah, stink on you, attractive. it's yeah. over. Yeah. You're done. You've yeah. got to reinvent yourself, and yeah. it's it's done. Like, I, gotta... did, I did that with my Molly Ringwald, and we eventually hooked up and then had a falling out. And as a weird result, like, um, I dream about her a lot. Uh, <laughs> like, not, not, like, anytime, like... I'm in a hippie commune. She's there representing that. I walk into a big hospital or she's a head doctor because I think ultimately she was the closest person I was to that I no longer talk to because of things, complicated mm. things like this. Um, if you're out there, Gretchen. 
Yeah. There was Ducky has appeared on a lot of stuff. He was on Mr. Show. Mr. Show as about. Ducky, like uh, way ahead of his time. And, and also on an, epi- fuck in here. on an episode of uh, American Dad, he appears as the character Quacky, not as Ducky. <laughs> but they go, they go to Francine's, the mother on American Dad. They go to her uh, high school reunion, and she meets her old friend from high school who was in love with her, named Quacky. Mm. And then Quacky reveals that he was gay the whole time, and that he's he's now happily married to a man. That's so nice. This was a nine million dollar movie that made forty million in yeah. the oh, domestic yeah. box office. I mean, I love it, all it, that. It had legs. Once it hit home video, that oh, was yeah, yeah. every slumber party. Jesus Christ! And I, I loved all that swearing. Like that yeah. was how. Yeah, that's, that's nice. How, I mean, that's how I talked as a six year old. Fast Times at Ridgemont High was ahead of it. Of like, this yeah. is how teens really talk, kind of thing. Right. And that had abortion in it, man. So it was way. It was <laughs> What's ahead a good abortion? Uh, and, and oddly enough, I watched this movie a lot with my Molly Ringwald. Uh, ah. A lot, I mean, a Did lot. You constantly like stare at her during. Dude, it, like, eh. I didn't. I none of it went. It all went over my head. What's the just, lamest song you just stared at a girl? Uh, <laughs> probably psychedelic first, pretty in pink. There you go. The uh, song? Never mind. I thought you had it queued up for some reason. I thought we were going to just gel really. Oh really no! Fast. But I was just going to. You are a garbage. <laughs> no, I was yeah. just trying to think of like lame teenage moments of just like these, these... too scared to go in for a kiss, so we'll just stare here, I sit know. here for a while awkwardly, and like yeah. what awful mid '90s songs playing in the background? I don't. Uh, wanna... <laughs> uh, I, I know. I don't want to try. I. I don't mean to be pejorative when I call it the girl trilogy of, mm-hmm. of John Pejorative. Hughes movies, but they do hold up worse than Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller, do they not? Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. The 16 Ringwald. Candles and yeah. some kind of wonderful, yeah. 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 Molly Ringwald was a great muse for him. Mm-hmm. I do think that. But uh, uh, Also out this week, Salvador. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. This I don't know. <laughs> James Woods. Man. Yeah, I, James I, Woods, I, uh, I'd never heard of it. I'm I want to say me. this Oliver is Stone. kind of the first Oliver Stone movie. It might be the first uh, one he directed. I know was he wrote it. Was it wasn't. It wasn't. Yes, after, after this. So, so I, I didn't find out about this movie until uh, a little TV show called Oliver Stone's Untold History of America on mm. Showtime that he narrates and he cuts back to this clip because he... It, this was about the Salvadorian Civil War of the early 80s, made in 86. Nobody wanted to finance this movie or be in it, but he wanted to tell the story. Uh, and he did, and it bombed. Not only did it bomb, yeah. it was nominated for two Oscars. Unfortunately, also that same year, another movie was nominated for eight Oscars, and that was Platoon. Platoon. Uh, written and directed by Oliver Stone. So Whoa. his own movie lost at, like, just completely overshadowed Salvador. Wow. I didn't huh. realize that. I... I remember hearing about Salvador on that great documentary Z Channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the last things because they uh, were on like Z Channel. They interview all these actors who say my film. Z Channel was early deep movie cable, and yeah. like right around home box office began. It was LA's it was called, local HBO, yeah, a premium it, channel, and it was just one guy programming it all who was just thought I love these films and people need to see them and James Woods is in it saying like finally somebody recognized Salvador and put yeah. it on the channel mm. yeah but the story of an American journalist stuck uh, between leftist guerrillas and the US backed right wing military during the Salvadorian war <laughs> watched it in US history class did you? Wow. yeah I figured that's probably the, <laughs> well, that's where my, most of the home video rentals my went my teacher just was didn't it was just lazy they were hung over we watched movies for everything <laughs> yeah I know why I know Platoon and not this why? because Platoon had a Nintendo game yeah Yes. Oh, yes inexplicably so. Press A to become disenchanted. I, uh, <laughs> it worked. 
<laughs> on a previous VGA uh, video game apocalypse, there was a list of Oscar Oscar winning films that were video games. That's yeah. on the yeah. list. Yeah, I think even Rambo counts on that. Speaking of video games, this same time period, February twenty sixth to March third, uh, somewhere since we're at the end of February now, it is beyond, it is past us. Somewhere this month, it's hard to know when because who kept track of this crap. Uh, SNK released Akari Warriors in oh. Japan, which was an overhead shooter, a two, you know, two simultaneous two-player game where you just Rambo yeah. your way through, and yeah. it was obviously very based on Rambo in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I remember when it came to the NES, it had a cool code uh, to just come back to life. You could just mm-hmm. die and respawn immediately, and the code was ABBA. Because it's only two buttons. That is the mistake Dave made but on it, a, pre, a recent video game apocalypse where we brought up Guerrilla War. Uh-huh. Just the un, the lost the lost genre of the isometric military uh, right. shooter games of Jackal, Akari Warriors, Guerrilla War fame. Yeah, I, I, this had like three sequels, though, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's Akari Warriors two, Victory Road, and then Akari Warriors three. Uh, but again, that ABBA code yeah. didn't really put this together until years later. It could have been any code, but it spells oh, ABBA. ABBA. Yeah. Um, I never got that. Gimme, 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 and Akari Warrior after yeah, midnight. A little dancing uh, queen jingle plays. You know, speaking of Sweden, um, I have no background information on this, so we've any Swedish listeners, please write in. But uh, February 28th, 1986, the Prime Minister of Sweden was assassinated, and it is still unsolved? Holy cow. What? <laughs> what the hell is I'm going Rob. on, Sweden? I'm okay. Robert Stack. I, I, I can't imagine the statute of limitations ever goes away on killing a, uh, a leader no. of a country. Wow. wow. Unso- an unsolved murder unsolved. of a dignity. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Hikari Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only reason, if you weren't around in the 80s for this, like it, it's whatever, but you might know... Uh, it's notable the arcade game is notary for these rotary joysticks where you could actually tilt, like, rather than a joystick like Pac-Man or any other game, it could actually rotate in place eight directions. So that would turn your character, uh, you know, in an eight, you know, 360 degree movement or whatever. Neat. Heavy Barrel did that in the arcade as well. Uh, the heroes of the game, Ralph and Clark, <laughs> you might remember yeah. them. Uh, nope. they, they show up in King of Fighters, they show up in Metal what? Slug 6 and 7. Wow. So they, you might know randomly two Rambo looking guys. Anyway. I uh, just wanted to point out that at Akari Warriors, I remember playing it a lot as a kid, but yeah, it's, it's not, it, it died we early. We were talking and, about it on Video Game Apocalypse is that like all those games are t- kind of really forgotten. And, yeah. and, and since they were some of the only two player games on the NES, simultaneous two player games, I like, blame played uh, a lot. NES X Men for killing that entire idea of an overhead <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TV 1986, the same week, Valerie's Family premieres March 1st. Uh, technically, the show Valerie premiered on March 1st. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. Uh, it went through a lot of changes, that show. So, uh, and its behind the scenes stuff is much more interesting than in front of the camera, but mm-hmm. this is the time to talk about it. So, sure. Valerie Harper was. Was first famous in the seventies as Rhoda, Mary uh, Tyler Moore's best friend. Ah, uh, yes. Who would then go on to star in her own show? And I love yeah. Valerie Harper as Rhoda. Like I, yeah. I watched when it was rerun on Nick at Night. I watched every episode of Mary Tyler Moore over and over again. And then love the that same, theme song, man. And then the <laughs> same with Rhoda when that would air on E as well. Even yeah. though. Honestly, after the second season of Rhoda, when Rhoda and Joe divorce, it kind of really falls apart. Yeah. But I just wanted to watch it just to hear Lorenzo music and Julie Kavner just say things. I was like, what? whoa. <laughs> so you know what Lorenzo music looks like? No. He was Carlton the Doorman and was, was never right. seen on screen. Oh. And then and uh, Julie Kavner, the voice of Mary Harge, uh, she, played, she played Valerie's sister on Rhoda. So... Then in the 80s, Valerie's getting a new show, Valerie Harper, called Valerie, which is premiering on NBC. In the first season, 
doesn't do great, but it wants to. It's it's this weird show that's kind of stuck in the middle of wanting to be a '70s style sitcom about like you know family stuff and has some has some drama to it. But they cast all these cute kids in it, and they want stupid, dumb slapstick shit, which happens in '80s sitcoms. And the breakout star of it is not her, but Jason Bateman. 16-year-old Jason Bateman, who, be- Jason Bateman who becomes a Him? heartthrob. That's mm-hmm. that's how Jason Bateman became famous. Like mm-hmm. I if you've heard his WTF interview, it's pretty funny because he he gets cast in this and then he uh after the show's over, he's like, I'm just going to party for a bunch of years because all I've got all this money. Mm-hmm. And the money ran out, and that's when he decides to start acting again. Well, I don't know what's going on with Mom and Pop Bateman, but they owned NBC because Fa- Family Ties is still on yeah. with his sister, sister Justine. Yes, mm-hmm. which was a dumber sitcom. But so Valerie... the it was a good sitcom. Uh, fine. But Valerie, <laughs> anyway, has it has a, a rocky start at, at the beginning, uh, but then in its second season gets to go behind Alf and it be, gets to be a big hit with the lead in of Alf on Mondays. And so then Valerie decides she's going to do something that she did on Roto, which is ask for more money and stop showing up. And, <laughs> and her boyfriend at the time was a producer on the show and they both were like, yeah, we want more money or we won't do season three. And uh, the producers of it and the owner of NBC or the president of NBC, Brandon Tartikoff, took them to court over it and said, you can't do it or you can't quit the show. And, uh, hey, you know what? We've got Sandy Duncan here and we're going to replace you yep. with her. Let's replace you on your own show that's named <sighs> after so you. They, that's what. That's how that worked. So I always knew she it's left. It's like yeah. if Cheers, everyone said, I don't want to come back for Cheers anymore. And they said, fine, Gary's Old Town Tavern's taking your spot now. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was it was called Valerie's Family in season three. And they just wrote that she died in a car accident. And, <laughs> wow. and her sister-in-law moved in. Played by Sandy Duncan. I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> like, Sandy Duncan and Valerie Harper cannot be more different people. No. Like, Valerie Harper is a very, like, New York-style lady. Sandy, and Duncan Sandy Duncan played Peter Pan on she's, Broadway. She's as white bread as anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. So How long did Valerie's family go? Uh, season, I think. Well, no, it was, all, it was Valerie's family for a little bit. Then it became the show you probably remember, which the Hogan family, which did last a while longer. Uh, yeah, six seasons. Yeah, yeah and did never had, seen a frame of it. Really, yeah. that, that's where I first saw. You know, Ferris Bueller, Edie do, McClurg. Edie, Edie McClurg. She's the wacky next door neighbor on the show, and uh, she was uh, pretty good on it. Uh, moving out of the eighties, uh, nineteen eighty six. Uh, we'll move into the music portion. Uh, number one song this week is Kyrie by Mister Mister. Wow, which, finally uh, away from that's what friends are for, huh? Uh, yeah, no more, man. Ah, it's rain is over, and whatever this is takes over Dude, for this, another two that. months. The wind blows oh, okay. I know. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't know this? I don't. You'll know it when the chorus hits. I still don't. You'll know it. I'm going to let it build a bit. Boom! Yes. <laughs> All right. Wow. What are the lyrics? Kiri Elison. It's a name. will you follow? Okay. I never knew that was a proper name or even Dude, what they were Even when I see it spelled out, I can't read it. One more time. Kiri Elison. 
That's someone's last name. Hang on, Kiri. No, I, I feel like you follow. this came up once. Michael and I were talking about something where we touched on it, and he remembered some Japanese thing that had that same thing, and like we looked it up, and I want to say it's from the Catholic liturgy or something. Wow. It's like Greek. I don't freaking know. I remember trying to sing it as a kid and just, uh, Scooey do we believe? Yeah, and that's, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> I just thought it was Kiri Ri 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 Ri. Uh, also, the the bigger thing uh, this uh, for this week, thirty years ago, thirty years ago, thirty years ago, Metallica's master. Of oh my god, master yes. of, master of puppets. Uh, this is the song "Battery," um, and again, like I did last week, because when it comes to metal, I don't know anything. So I asked uh, again our friend Patrick Kulikowski to mention something about. Uh, this particular album, because I do know enough when it came out, I was too young to really be listening to it. Sure. But as the years went on, it was still such a big deal, this Master of Puppets mm-hmm. album. San Francisco's own Metallica. <laughs> yeah. God, uh, but hear the contrast already with that super synthy poppy stuff. And then yeah. Master of Puppets, or I call it, or Pastor of Muppets. Pastor of Muppets. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How he mentioned, fucking different is that? He mentions this song sometimes gets to 220 BPM. Like... <laughs> But yeah, this is a uh, battery off of uh, Master Puppets. So yeah, he mentions because uh, <laughs> yeah, go go nuts. But he mentions uh, so this is Pat saying it's pretty much the quintessential heavy metal album of the '80s. Metallica yes. helped pioneer thrash metal, and it was bassist Cliff Burton's last album with the band before his tragic tour bus death. Oh, yeah. um, Pat saying, uh, while I'm a huge new wave British heavy metal kind of dude. Like Maiden, Judas Priest, uh, Metallica helped give metal music a heavier edge and helped popularize it in America. The album took on lots of dark themes before that became a stereotype of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. The title track is about James Hetfield's drug addiction, uh, personification of drugs, and how it turned you from being in control of your drug intake to the drugs finally taking control of manipulating you, Master of Puppets. Uh, the riffs are really killer in the song, and I think it's the change-ups and build-ups as well as the clean, melodic solo parts that make it stand out. Oh, yeah. That. There you go. That is <clears throat> yeah, a, the song master of puppets. The, that is a right those, those breaks are just... Bastard! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Master of puppets! It's adorable. I just turned into animal for a second. So that is what's going to take us out is the actual title track, Master of Puppets. It is a great nice. song. And uh, yes. It's one of those bands that gets thrown around so much, and yeah. a lot of us, uh, since we are it on is. the tail end of being millennials, the very edge of it. The luxury misfortune are, of lasting 30 years, like going through every decade. Yes, you have a legacy from all – it's like, oh, you're Master of Puppets, Inner Sandman. Okay, yeah. that's two, two big – Eras if you're in a Metallica fan, you probably have you probably believe Metallica has sucked for almost two decades. Yeah, mm. and then I mean, there's like what the Mission Impossible stuff. Yeah. There's with Limp Bizkit. There's oh, this Ma- Saint Anger, the Metallica <laughs> symphonic <laughs> stuff they did. The Superior the, Guitar Hero tracks. Then there's the <laughs> whole, Napster lawsuit. The Napster Jesus. stuff. Like they made all, a movie, and they're a ridiculous movie. Oh. Oh, the Which movie. one? The documentary Some yeah, Kind of Monster? Yes. Or the, the IMAX 3D experience that came out like a year ago? <sighs> I didn't know about that one. And yeah. then there's also, uh, they just played AT&T Park like two weeks ago here in SF. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's part of uh, part Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl weekend. Taking us out though, Master Puppets, 30 years old this Woo! week. We'll be back with 1996, 30, 2010.
Last week on Cheap Podcast, the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. One of my favorite home moments was <laughs> homos. I think it was on Sunday Night Heat, but it was we'll call him homos. It was right when it was right when William Regal premiered as he's a man. Oh, yeah. And he comes out and he gets the classic like Godfather. Well, you could either wrestle me or be with these fine ladies. And then uh, Regal picked the ladies. Oh, and this left, a and there was no yeah. Listen to Cheap Popcast on the Laser Time Network and on iTunes and on the internet every Friday morning. special Columbia House offers this month and selected magazines, newspapers, and your mail. City DJs, come on, write it. Parentheses, the train. It is a party in here. This is <laughs> this is a fun way to come in. This is the most exciting the show has ever been. Uh, <laughs> this week, February twenty seventh, Quad City DJs hit based on this is a part I didn't know, based on a nineteen seventy four Barry White song. Mm-hmm. What? Yep. No, it is. Yep. <laughs> of course, it's a sample. Man, I didn't realize. I, I never no knew. No idea. Uh, That's the, uh, Together Brothers. The theme from Together yes. Brothers. What? what is Together Brothers? Woo! Is that a duet it's, with him and Luther Vandross? No, it's a black exploitation movie. Oh, well, Barry White. When does Barry White come in? Oh, baby. No, it's just instrumental. It's oh. kind of a bummer. But man, uh, Quad City DJ is number one. Uh, it. I don't know if it's. I think it's number one this week, uh, but sold over a million units in the U.S. The album "Get On Up and Dance" uh, wouldn't release until June. Yeah, which that's... is a great reminder of how music used to work, where yeah. you had a lead <laughs> single for months before mm-hmm. the album was out. Because I was a music nerd at this point, at this point, just devouring every mainstream music thing ever, and everybody I knew had a Quad City DJ CD. God damn, yeah. Nobody had the the full album. Sure, yeah, nobody yeah. ever. There were because all you want is singles. the come on ride the train. Yeah. You get the single. Yeah, yeah. single. <laughs> Single. Yeah, spend five dollars for one song twice. They put the song on the other side of the tape so I can never have to rewind. That's that's the world we lived in. Um, man, did was this in? Uh, I feel like I've, I've you'll, not Space Jam. Okay, never mind. You'd be surprised. I still haven't seen Space Jam. 
Yeah. Good for you. I, just, I haven't uh, either. I really? We'll be talking about that. In a it's coming up this year. It's coming I, up. It sucks. I do want to say Together Brother again for people to look it up to play the whole thing because there's a cool break where it goes to strings that I don't think Quad City DJs hold on to. That one. This is awesome. I mean, this is great. I, love I, I have a, a CD of all black exploitation themes, and I like cannot drive while playing things like this because mm. next thing I know, I'm doing 90, and I didn't even notice. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> all of a sudden, I have an afro. I'm wearing a leather jacket. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I'm going on a date with Pam Greer. I will say, there, I wouldn't know as much about this period of music if it weren't for the rampant sampling of like the, the early yeah. 90s. It's nothing sacred. I thought, surely I can trust the Quad City DJs <laughs> to make their own music. And those assholes... And they're from uh, Henry's Man, home, old stomping grounds, Jacksonville, God Florida. Damn it. The, the, yeah. the 90s are truly the best. I miss all this crap. <laughs> so excited. Like being in high school and that's the song that's popular. Yeah. It's like, I don't even go to dances and this is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, also the same week in the U.S., first album from Goldfinger. Oh, awesome. Yeah. The ninth album from Bad Religion. Oh. And a uh, new album from Skinny Puppy, The Process, uh, which is an uh, industrial band that claimed the U.S. government used its music later to torture people in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so they sent an invoice to the Pentagon nice. asking for money. <laughs> They should get um, ass cap fees for that at least. Man. Yeah, you will not believe how into Goldfinger I was. Wow, uh, I wow. like a couple of their songs. I, uh, we movie. met them, we followed them to it like hours out of the city. It does uh, seem like a Florida uh, thing. I I sung, st- I sung Mabel on stage with them. Uh, uh, you know yeah. you know what? No, what? I'm oh. garbage. Damn it! <laughs> I caught I caught. I caught the end of it. I think. I think if you if you play that back, all you hear is the G of him going. Uh, anyway, movies this week, 1996. Uh, up close and personal is number one at the box office. Oh, what the frick sucks. is up close? News romance with Robert yeah, Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. I read a Bobby Red. Yeah, I I want to say John Gregory Dunn wrote a book where he he's a writer and he kind of goes through how oh. he how he could write. Jesus. A serious script about like a tragic newscaster, mm-hmm. and through revisions and revisions, it turns into this really cheesy, dumb love story with Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. <sighs> but it did give us that fucking Celine Dion song, which I bet we'll get to in a couple weeks. Oh God, which one? Yeah, you were my blank oh. when I was now. Yep. You I... were my <laughs> thing when I was whatever. Yep. Oh, heard that the one a lot. Faith I need to. Yeah, I know. The, I know the song. I heard it at several. Uh, if I don't think that's the song on my sister's wedding. It's a different Celine Dion song. Oh yeah, but it might be that song for uh, all I know. Yeah, stupid. Um, it's a stupid movie. By the way, Celine Dion lost. Uh, she had a pretty bad week. The same week as uh, Bowie and Rickman died, she lost her uh, brother and husband oh. to cancer in the same week. What Fuck. the fuck? Cancer? Yeah, and that's... We're cancer. We're going to give everybody a nice Christmas. Right <laughs> after that, we're killing everybody. Now, <laughs> and when I say husband, I mean her husband slash manager slash molester in her... No, that... No. Yeah. Uh, that, dra- it, that Dracula cancer. It's very... It's very uh, look up how long she was with uh, her husband. 
Uh, out, uh, out this week, I guess it's more notable, is mm-hmm. Down Periscope. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, this is Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, it's it Kelsey is Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. I don't Grammer. give a damn about he has, Grammar. He had, a, he had a tattoo on his penis, I remember. Not that to movie. be confused with Mikhail's Navy. That's Tom why. Arnold. Uh, no, this, this, this was way better. It's got Harlan Williams making whale noises. Does it have Toby Huss in it, too? That's why I remember yes. being attracted Toby to it. Toby well. the strongest man in the world. And I was just thinking of it recently because... Uh, Patton Oswalt talks about it in his recent memoir. Oh, right. Uh, if, that was uh, fun. The uh, Silver Screen Fiend is the name of it. And it's right. basically like a two-year period of his life, which includes filming. Right. Uh, what, what's it uh, like to be an extra who gets to like turn around and say, Captain, look out, or whatever it is. Yeah. And he has to like leave in the middle of filming, and then the director's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, Let's shoot one scene where you stand up and, get, and another person sits in your seat. Boom. <laughs> You're done. Get out of here. Movie it's magic. Cool. Apparently, yep. the name of the the name of the film is a play on the title of a 1959 World War II drama. Perfect. Up Periscope. Perfect. A, a joke we all got. Aww. A joke I'm hearing for the first time. And I saw this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's not very funny. Uh, what village people song do you think they sing at the end? When of this the Navy. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in news this week, uh, Snoop's first interviews uh, during all of the murder accusations. One, Nate May. So oh, you, you mean <laughs> you mean Calvin Broadus? Yes. yes, Calvin yeah. Broadus, Snoop Lion. Yeah, Sasha Banks's uh, whatever. Oh yeah, murder was a case that they uh, gave me. One, so eight, seven on a that was pretty cup. fucking yeah, was, insane. That he was uh, he the, was the, singing about murder and <laughs> being accused of. So the background is that his uh, he was an accessor said to be an accessory to murder because his bodyguard, bodyguard killed someone who was in self defense was their thing and that but was also seemed to be like this is gangster rap on trial like mm-hmm. they they popularized gangster rap up for years to this point and made a ton of money on it death row records like people white people were scared as shit yes. by gangster rap <laughs> they were so terrified wow, of people along with metallica the theme of scared white yeah. people and yeah. might white be the title people of the episode. were also buying the hell out of yeah, yeah. I was. young white people were buying it and old white people were scared as hell by it i mean just think of the idea of death row records like that is just the name of it is, is nuts. And so he, <laughs> death. So he had just gotten uh, found not guilty, and uh, they gives his first interview to uh, MTV, and uh, he'll give a listen. So what, what's the whole case about? Oh, it's about Snoop Dogg being gang affiliated. But Snoop Dogg didn't pull the trigger. He drove the car away from his bodyguard acting in self defense. But if you look at them, they don't care about that. It's Snoop Dogg. We some low life district attorneys that don't have no name. They don't got nothing going for ourselves. If we wash him up. We large. We bigger than Chris Darden and Marsha and Clark and all them. We're going to be large. <laughs> and then his other one OJ is... OJ shout out. This one, the other one is my favorite because I think he's he's making a reference. These are both very like 90s references he's making to explain his case. But I think he's saying something he doesn't mean to say in this one. The guards are hired for. If you go get at Garth Brooks, Kenny Rogers, any one of them, and ask them, what is your bodyguard's job? Did you guys see the, the movie The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston? What was Kevin Costner's job? To protect Whitney Houston from any danger that came to her while she was performing, even while she wasn't performing. And as you've seen, the movie projected everything that could happen to you as a celebrity. But it really didn't go in depth as far as our situation, but it, it gave it across as, as clear as possible as they could. But if we was to do a movie called The Bodyguard, it'd be so similar to that. My bodyguard would fall in love with me. <laughs> but he wouldn't make and his move. Gary Cole would try to shoot him with a camera gun? <laughs> oh my God, I want to see That's, that. This, yeah. I've never heard him with that tone in his voice, though. Like yeah. It's a very serious tone for him. For a man who yeah. just who's, essentially gets to walk out and just be... 
Yeah. Fucking just a purveyor of fun. I love Snoop. <laughs> I love Snoop, yeah. but I've never heard in that series. It was before. a little hard to find this one too, because when you look up Snoop nineteen ninety six MTV interview, yeah. Yeah. the more prominent one is one I guess we'll get to at the start of September on this show, but yeah. it is the final interview with Tupac Shakur before he's oh, murdered, man. and it is him and Snoop Dogg giving the interview together. And in oh. that that MTV is very litigious with their stuff on like YouTube and stuff mm. and for, ha, have basically everything archived on MTV.com until at some point two years ago they're just like ah screw it and yeah. just took it away so like it doesn't exist on YouTube it doesn't exist on MTV.com anymore are you 16 or pregnant? <laughs> if <laughs> not we don't care if you don't like the 30s and Teen Wolf then get the fuck out of MTV.com <laughs> and uh, 15 and pregnant come back later <laughs> come back later what's your due date? <laughs> yeah okay then <laughs> Uh, TV this week, uh, 1996, February 26th through March 3rd, uh, the Grammy Awards, Ooh. as they always seem to come down in February. Uh, February 28th, uh, Alanis Morissette is the big winner with Jagged Little Pill. Yep. Obviously, the album came out in 1995, the year, a year earlier. God. But, uh, well, let's just talk about Jagged Little Pill. That album was a fucking monster. Yeah, I, mean, fi- I think there's something like five singles off of this. Uh, this is a, I ended up getting this album in a... This is a kid... Only 90s whatevers will get this. Uh, the Columbia House, send us a penny and we'll send you... <laughs> yeah. uh, nine... I think I did the same I think thing. I did too. So yeah. I got... And I didn't even My realize... My dad was involved with, I believe, a lawsuit with him. So <laughs> stuff would come and he would cancel. He so would cancel are, you, are you allowed to talk about this? Uh, yeah, he's he was a lawyer. It was something he did in his downtime. Like he just hated them. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, you know where I got this? It wasn't just Columbia House. It was... Uh, BMG? No, it was, uh, to explain, in about a year and a half, all my stories are going to get really weird because I was an exchange student. But what a ton of us American exchange students did over in England was join Columbia House with multiple names and multiple addresses all over campus, Mm -hmm. get all the free CDs, and then leave the country. And I think that's how I got Jagged Little Bell. Wow. Take that. I didn't even realize it when I did it, but I got all the albums that I asked for well, got through that were all women, and mm-hmm. as a fifteen-year-old boy, I think, like super, like sheltered from the rest of the world, I was just—it didn't occur to me until I got him. Like, oh, huh, I, interesting. I, I think like, that's, I, so. That's where that Jewel CD came from. I think yes, I, Jewel, yes, I Atlantis, have them too. No yeah. doubt, garbage. It was yep. like, wow, how did this? I nice. remember buying music during this period. You would. You're young, and you'd see people you know, and sometimes you didn't want them see you, to see you buying an album. I don't think I was comfortable being seen buying an Alanis Morissette yeah. album. Mm. But I, I, you ought to know, was the first big hit of it. Yeah. I listened yeah. to that on. It was so she was so angry, mm. and she was just like this attitudinal '90s girl. Was like, yeah, fuck you. And I also was a. Uh, I feel like it was a couple of years later before I even heard, or maybe like. A year later, I finally got to do the uncensored version of Go Down mm. on You in a Theater. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh theater. But Alanis Morissette got to start, uh, like, we saw her and didn't even realize we yeah. saw her If we as well, 80s kids. Well, real quick, before we yeah. get off okay. of this album, though, I did want to just mention, like, how big this well, yeah, album well, how many songs? was. was so there's, ironic? We're so there's six singles uh-huh. from it, yeah. and only the very last one do I start not... So You Ought to Know was 95, mm-hmm. Hand in My Pocket, yeah. oh, I- Ironic, Hate it. You yeah. Learn, no. Head Hate Over it. Feet, yes. all of those are... Massive These songs. were on the radio every seven yeah. seconds for about two years, and I can't yeah. stand any of them well, anymore. And every music video is a huge deal, yeah. too. After, like... Uh, 
Ironic was her first big music video hit, and mm-hmm. then each one after that. Like I feel like I saw Ironic the music video eighty million. Yeah. I think because so. Ironic was the first music video with a concept. Where the re- like I remember you ought to nose video, but it's just super goddamn nineties. Well, yeah, like, she's just running around in the desert. Yeah, or it with like a, a filter on the camera. It's not very interesting. This is like the first of her videos with yeah. a concept, not like and MTV. All would after that, she'd yeah. appear mm-hmm. naked and thank you, and just mm-hmm. yeah. everybody would be talking about Alanis Morissette's videos. Or boxing and you mm-hmm. learn or whatever, <laughs> and. Uh, I, except for you ought to know, I never liked the other singles off of this one, but there are some other really good songs around there. I have to admit, I had a really ugly breakup, and I listened to this a lot, yeah. wow. and I felt so much better, because so many of the non-single songs mm. are mm. about breaking up with someone who is toxic and horrible, and you want to get away from them and, and get them out of your house. system, well, but so- you're also like really mad at them, and you want them, they mm. ought to know what mm. assholes they are. So Dave Coulier, for a long time, was, he says... He dated her. Uh, Dave Coulier, when, by the way, is uh, uh, sorry. Uh, cut the, it out. Cut it out. The uh, the Uncle cool, Joey on Full House. Yeah, the funny guy on Full House, who's about to be back on Netflix Full inexplicably. House. And both of is them, back. both of them were Canadian celebrities in the early '90s and uh, got together. And he's uh, he the the rumor for a long time was you ought to know is about him. He says it isn't, but that they are friendly now. Also, <laughs> if you uh, if you can do the math. He says they dated in we 1992 did. when she was 18 and he was 32, which, oh, wow. which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you've heard the rumor of like he dated her when she was underage, like, well, he said it was 80. He said 92, so that's when she was 18. Maybe it was when, depending on the precise day that it yeah. occurred. Uh, I know, but but I do have a little clip of Coulier telling his side of the story. Uh. No, but she's she's. I've always said she's great. I've always taken the high road with her, and she was writing all that music when we were together, and that's. This is really old information. We dated in 1992. Is that old enough? Wow. Yeah. I think you it know, was eight. I think, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I was 65. Uh-huh. I had broken up with her and Jagged Little Pill came out. I was driving in Detroit and that song came on the radio and I was like, wow, this is a killer song. This yeah. is, whoa, she sounds familiar. That's Alanis. <laughs> oh, yeah, she works. was. She I was go buy this CD. She wasn't famous when you dated her. No. Wow. Well, she was Canadian famous. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, they were both Canadian famous, but in 1992. not quite red green famous. But uh, to give you a sense of this, the uh, the popularity of this this album uh, has gone on to sell over 33 million units Jeez. worldwide. Wow. I think it's one of the top 20 selling best selling albums of all time. Yeah. So in all time charts, uh, yeah, it's like absurd. It's yeah. like it's one of those albums that like you don't even think about it because you're like, oh yeah, I remember hearing this song all the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you're like, this sold well forever. And if you're within 10 years of our age, you know exactly what the album cover looks like. Yeah. You've seen it in a billion jukeboxes and I... Yeah. And it's it, probably it, been on a... used album store in the late 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this and R.E.M.'s Monster all over the place. Oh, yeah. And Hootie and the Blowfish. I saw yeah. a lot of that there. Um, but you also had other clips like you, you were getting to earlier. Uh, some of us may have known her not realizing that's who we were seeing uh, on a show on Nickelodeon. She was briefly on You Can't Do That on television, which, as a kid, I didn't know was filmed in Canada, but when you hear this clip, boy, will you know it is. (laughs) Yeah, so this was a show, like a a sketch comedy show on Nickelodeon, right? Every show had a theme. 
But this is also a show where uh, the whole idea of getting slimed... Where Nickelodeon found its association with slime. Yeah. It, it yeah. had to do with a show it didn't even own. If you said the word, I don't know, mm-hmm. you got slimed. And if you and said it, water, you'd get water. Water dumped, dumped on you from off camera. But this One is, of uh, those we should adopt for the podcast. Oh, man. Probably oh, boogers. Oh, covered pro- in water. Probably oh. boogers, maybe. If, uh, yeah, maybe if you could so. dump right. bu- a bucket what? of boogers on you. All right. Let's All right. So this is now. Alanis Morissette on uh, Candid. You would have to be pretty stupid not to have guessed what today's show is about. Hey, Alanis. Hey, well, what's today's show about? Alistair. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I know today's show is all about television commercials. We get thousands of complaints from people upset about programs like this constantly interrupting their favorite commercials. Wow. <laughs> they say aboots. Four times. So, to this best, day, the most Canadian clip to capture. Oh, yeah. The only the joke I remember from You Can't Do It on Television. They, remember, every episode had the bit where it's a bunch of kids in lockers, yep. and there's yeah. just a hard camera, and the it's kids a fucking laughing. It's exactly laughing. Yeah. Gag, yeah. So I remember some. It's just shitty one-liners. Like, yeah, it's a bunch of one-liners. There's a white kid and a black kid, and they're mm-hmm. saying jokes back and forth, and then. I forget what the white kid says, but the black kid's response is, you know, you'd have been really funny if nature hadn't messed up and bleached your skin. <laughs> and he goes back into the locker and as a kid, as like nine years old or whatever, I'm like, Whoo! Uh, and, they, uh, they had like eight sets. It was, yeah. There was barfs, the arcade, the lockers, the mom and dad, the mom and dad stuff, the, the firing squad. Where they? Oh yeah, things. the yeah. firing squad. Oh, firing squad. The firing yeah. squad and torture chamber. There but. was one. I didn't really love the show. There was one episode no. that dealt with bad smells, and it was the only thing I'd ever seen in my life with. It was just wall-to-wall fart jokes, and I do believe that episode was eventually banned. Uh, <laughs> too many farts. It, I never heard anybody make a fart like a fart noise on yeah. television. When, at, at the time and age, where was the funniest thing of all time? Yeah. You literally can't do that on television. So the other clip- I, when I rewatched it, it was just un. It's I watched it as like this is unwatchable, mm. and I feel sorry for every kid. And I also just remember reading that book on Nickelodeon slime, yeah. where I swear in several interviews they were this close to saying. Oh, and the producer molested this kid. Like they, they just are saying, like this producer was really close with Alistair. Yeah, he hung out with Alistair a lot, or he would punish us by making us wear dresses and sketches. Well, sometime. someone please oh. read between the lines. Yeah, what are the, they, I, this they living producer is could still sue me. So we like to talk about it because it, we all watched it having Nickelodeon. It was like the only show they had for what fe- they mm-hmm. felt like years, but it did exist in a dumb area of legality because it's never been on home video or DVD yeah. of any kind because. I don't think those kids were paid appropriate wages. Not and nobody's even in saying Canada? That. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. really think there's something super shady going on. Yeah, and I can see that. So every episode is on YouTube, but in horrible, taped off of yeah. late 90s Nickelodeon quality. And that's what I do like about it. When I just, once, twice a year, I just look up that intro and just go right back to that time. For, for what I'm going to guess, in kid time was like eight years, but in reality it's probably a year. No, it, I taped every episode oh, of this like four off, years ever, off of Nickelodeon, like and I would, to go to bed... Pretty much K through 12, I would go to sleep with the TV on, and then as my dad came up from doing whatever, mm-hmm. he would turn the TV off, and then he would go to bed. Mm-hmm. So, for a long time, it was, I would just put a VHS in of You Can't Do That on Television and fall asleep to this show every night for months and months. And then when it, when it got to the end, I would just rewind the tape. Well, it would hit reset and rewind mm-hmm. itself, because that's the VCRs. Anyway, uh, you have another clip of Alanis accepting... Ah, yes, this is when she won the Grammy for Album of the Year. (laughs) When she won Album of the Year. And um, I actually accept this on behalf of anyone who's ever written a song from a very pure place, very spiritual place. And um, there's plenty of room for a lot of artists, so there's no such thing as the best. And thank you very much, Glenn. 
And then she would play God. Yeah, and, <laughs> Dogma. Uh, and the only other the clip I had is from... Uh, Kind of relate. It is related to ironic, but it is my favorite Jimmy the Cab Driver oh. scene from MTV. <laughs> wow, wow. So these were interstitial commercials on MTV. This is yeah. Donald Loge. Donald Loge, yeah. where he was Jimmy the Cab Driver. Yeah. He would say, cra- he would be just be this crazy cab driver who would say who nutty just, Who would describe and- music videos to unwanted yes. passengers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like playing a $2 scratch it lottery ticket and losing. <laughs> Come back here. It's like rain <laughs> on a rainy day. It's like going crazy when you're already nuts. Uh-uh. Hey, get back in the window. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> that is I just remember that line so capsule. much like it's like going crazy when you're already nuts. I remember him describing Beastie Boy sabotage. <laughs> it's coaches. Yeah, I remember coaches. But in that one he's playing all just like Alanis in yeah. the ironic video, he he's playing all four of the characters. Oh, and lastly about ironic, I didn't want to mention this uh, thing I heard uh oh okay. None of the things are ironic. Well, so the Daily Show correspondent turned wait, wait, don't tell me guy, uh, Mo Rocca. He was on one of those I Love in the 90s shows, and he had this great take on it, saying mm-hmm. that everybody who points out that these things that she says are ironic aren't ironic is the de- that is ironic that is in ironic. itself. <laughs> and nice. so she got all of us. Nice. Yeah. I just, I remember wow. we like played a game where it's like, make a way that that is ironic you know mm. 10,000 spoons when you need is a knife and your job is a, a dishwasher at a restaurant yeah now because, because being afraid of air travel and then dying in a plane crash that's more tragic than irony I'd yeah. say and that makes it ironic I'd like to I'd like to commission a remix of those two songs All right. so if anybody's uh, willing out there uh, give me Look how well this works. What about just the Barry White one? Uh, which of these tabs do you think has the song playing in it? <laughs> Should have a little speaker on it. Hey, there it is. Uh, I love all those right. sweaters. Those are cute sweaters. It's a cute, it's a cute video. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, really quick. Uh, last the last episode we talked about thirty years ago was Legend of Zelda launching in mm-hmm. Japan. This week in Japan in 1996, another big event for Nintendo was a Pokemon Red and Green Whoa. launching in Japan in 96. That will sound strange to most of you yeah. pig America <laughs> losers like us, uh, who we know we didn't get it until 1998. Pokemon was out in Japan for quite a while, two and a half years before it came here. 227 in Japan, sold well, became a hit. Japan later had a redone version called Pokemon Blue. Mm-hmm. That red and green are kind of broke. Yeah, red and green were kind of borked and completely different sprites. So, like, a lot of the sprites, if you played Pokemon Red and Blue on your Game Boy or Game Boy Color, the sprites and a lot of the sound effects and enemy placement and random under-the-hood stuff, that the one we played is not even that red and green from Japan. So you can actually look up the differences of the sprite sheets of, like, what you think Charizard looks like and what he actually looked like for two and a half years before he ever got here. That's just interesting mm-hmm. in and of itself that the game was so different. Um, and I, not that you need to explain Pokemon probably <laughs> to anybody, but uh, the designer, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, mentioned like you know collected bugs and that kind of sort of formed the basis of the game was like collecting a bunch of animals and bugs and having this collection of rock, paper, scissors style uh, weaknesses only. There's way more than rock, paper, and scissors. It's like adding the dynamite and all the other stuff that rock... What were the other rock, paper, scissors? Volcano. There was like dynamite and volcano. Lizard, I didn't play that Spock, shit. Uh, <laughs> I said that we were doing straight rock, paper, scissors and yeah. we're not playing. Yeah. 
Um, and he mentions that the Square's uh, Final Fantasy Legend or the Saga series uh, is inspiration for Pokemon showing, oh, you can do more than just make, like, you know, watered-down platformers of NES games for your Game Boy. You can do, like, adventuresome things that feel bigger. Um, we'll and, talk, and yeah. unlike a lot of Game Boy games, it actually used the Link cable for yeah. good effect. Despite the Game Boy launching in 89 in the U.S., wow. like, the game that really used it... Arguably the best is freaking Pokemon. Well, and that's also, I mean, 1996 was when Nintendo was supposed to move away from the Game Boy to the successor, the Virtual Boy. Boy. That tanked so hard. It's already gone by now. That it was totally, that they needed a new lease on life for their old hardware, and then they got it in Pokemon. Like, it, it was nuts. Yeah, and the core idea, again, not just like, not just like battle monsters against each other, but that. There's a red version and a green version, and diff- they're exclusive Pokemon. And with the link cable, if I get red and you get green, we can play the same game at the same time. But at some point, you're going to be like, oh, I have this one and you don't. You have that one and I don't. Let's connect and trade. But it's such a good marketing thing because now you've got to tell your friends, come on, get green. And then they go bug their parents, and now you've done it. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk more about Pokemon, I'm sure, well, a year and a half from now. I have a better Two year. and a half years. Well, maybe a year from now oh, is yeah, when the right, uh, yeah. seizures begin happening. Yeah, yeah, the cartoon. But I, I, I'm sure when 06 we'll get to, man, there's even, I don't think there's a Pokemon. doesn't matter. Uh, games also this week uh, for PC. Civilization 2 came out. Yeah. And, and Zork Nemesis. Uh, I don't know anything about either of them. Obviously, Civ is still, Civ a, is Civ. Yeah. still, still, Civ is still a huge deal to this day. Um, but we'll go ahead and head out with uh, some Pokemon jams to celebrate uh, 20 years of Pokemans. Uh, we'll be back with more 2006. What happened in movies, music, TV, and games? We'll be right back. the ships at sea it's diana's classic corner we look farther back into history to see if there's any older movies worth watching this week uh boy there really are not february 28th 1941 75 years ago the only movie out is the monster and the girl which is a movie about uh i think like a serial killer or something and his brain is put into a gorilla I don't even know if there's a girl in it. I mean, there probably is, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I got nothing to say about that. Should you watch it? No, it sounds terrible. I haven't even bothered to watch it. Uh, that's it. Say classic. One team is put to the challenge, but only one can become Prince Waikikamukau. 
Get ready for speed. Get ready for danger. Get ready for freestyle roller disco. Otto, Reggie, Twister, and the Squid in their first full-length TV movie. Race Across New Zealand, a rocket power movie. Sunday at 8, only on Nick Gas. We laid rubber on the Georgia asphalt. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught. Down by the river on a Friday night. Here amid the canes in the pale moonlight. Talking about cars and dreaming about women. Never had a plan just to live for the minute. On the Chattahoochee, never knew how much that muddy water meant to me. I'll stop singing now, you can start the show. Learn about living in That is Alan Jackson, Chattahoochee, bringing us in to the 2000s. Now, you may be wondering, yeah, wait a minute. this song is not from 2006, but Alan Jackson no. did have a new album this week in 2006, oh, and because... Chattahoochee is from 1992. We will have to do this show how many years until we will talk Eight. about 1992? Mm, uh, let's, six. Let's just six. do the math. And yeah. that's probably not going to happen. So, new albums from <laughs> Hank. <laughs> this is my only opportunity to play Chattahoochee. Uh, new albums from Hank Williams, part three. Ooh. Uh, the, three. The third. The third. Bear. Uh, and Alan Jackson both had new albums this week. Um, and also a live Bruce Springsteen album recorded in 1975, but just Ooh. came out this week. <laughs> Nice. Uh, my head, my face. Uh, Hawthorne Heights. Shut up. <laughs> He's great. A uh, new album from Hawthorne Heights. If only you were lonely. Uh, had the, had the song saying sorry, uh, which will be a hit come May. So get ready for that. Uh, and also in my own words, debut album for Neo uh, would eventually sell two million out two million worldwide. Uh, I know because of the song because of you. Which is not this album, uh, but Neo, you might know more. Well, he's kind of known for writing songs for other people, and right. this was kind of what started to get him more known for that. But he wrote songs for Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Carrie Underwood, oh. uh, and I believe so, uh, it's a certain type of song. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that he's really good at salon oh. rock. Cool. Uh, but he was lined up. Apparently, I think the rumor or you know somewhat suspected thing was he was lined up to work with Michael Jackson on what would have been. His next album, Aww. had he not died in 2009. Yes, I can confirm this. <laughs> that happened. Aww. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was, in fact, written by Neo. <laughs> oh, I better get to Huffington Post with that story. Oh, yeah. Guys, did you know that Michael... Mm. Uh, but this is kind of a Dudsville week for uh, 2006. Um, yeah, it's a pretty crap week. But well, maybe not. I would say it's a garbage week. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Uh, movie, uh, movies this week. Uh, Sixteen blocks. Yeah, yeah, I I wanted to like Sixteen blocks because yeah, as a premise, I well, and I love Lethal Weapon, or yeah. I loved the Lethal Weapon films in the pre knowing things about Mel Gibson era. Uh, but I and so this was like, oh man, this is an '80s thing all new again. It's a white guy and a black guy. Directed by Richard Donner, you got you got good old uh, uh, Bruce Willis being old and shit, and most deaf. When you still most deaf, I was hoping for when like he a would star in thing. I was hoping for like Die Hard with a Vengeance, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. like we video yeah. gaming. We've got to go. Six, yeah. We got to go sixteen bucks. <laughs> it's gonna blow up, and then well, it's my gold bar. But it, <laughs> it, it wasn't as good as that. Uh, maybe he should have worked with Shane Black. I don't know. Uh, also, out uh, to have a straight. Div- a wrestling sequel? Yes, some kind? John Cena started what? 16 Blocks too. Yeah. Uh, or was it Randy Orton? I forget. But WWE, wow. that's been one of WWE Studios' um, plans is yeah, to wow. get 
they they get uh, sequels that nobody wants to make. Yep, there he is, John Cena. Yeah, man. Uh, no, keep Can't talking. Can't believe we have oh, to go okay, 16 sorry. blocks. Please keep again. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they also did. They also. Did, they also did uh, like a sequel to uh, what is it? The three rounds two or twelve rounds six? No, or? the the Arnold Schwarzenegger Jingle All the Way. They did Jingle All the Way too, starring right. starring Larry the Cable Guy and Santino. Yeah. And then a movie called Aquamarine. I, I vaguely no remember there might be a mermaid in it. Yeah, there is. There's mermaids. Oh, is on the that cover. Kids? That's right. Uh, mermaid yeah. movie. Okay, yeah. I know. I want. Don't recognize I know the, anything about I it. I know the poster. Yeah. All yeah. these three Australian girls. American teen fantasy yep. comedy yeah, starring Emma Roberts, okay. Sarah Paxton, and Joanna Jojo Levesque. Fuck that noise. Dolphin. Is she related to Jojo. Is she related oh, to Paul Levesque, aka Triple H? No, I remember Jojo was a controversial figure in the. <laughs> I remember JoJo was a controversial figure at the Republican at the Republican nomination thing in 2004 convention? To convention. The Republic, the RNC, because she was like she sang there, I believe, but she was like 14 or 16 singing very sexual songs at the uh, Republican convention. Look it up, JoJo and Republicans. Uh, also, I better confirm that just to be sure. Also, at this week, Ultraviolet. Oh man! So I this, this is like right. So this, this is, is one flux, right? This, this is, this is one I watched this on Bad Movie Sunday at my friend's house. Uh, I only have two things to say about it. One, it was really weird that it co-stars the kid that's in X Men Three in the same role as the MacGuffin who has magic powers and oh, needs really? to be stolen. Same kid, like same year. It's so weird. Yeah. And second of all, um, I blurted out, not even meaning to be funny, but I said one of my best jokes ever, which is watching this big action scene. And I'm like, I feel like I'm watching an ad for Academy of Art College animation. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole movie. Uh, it's shit. Just want to point out for uh, people who listen to last week's show, the kid is the same kid in Running Scared who steals the gun. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. wow. Three piece. Man, that kid got paid. Cameron Bright, I believe. Man. So like JoJo, when she was 13, oh, uh, JoJo, when she was 13, sang a rather like sexual song at the Republican uh, at a Republican Party function that uh, the Internet writers had a, lot of, a lot of things to, to say an American. It. <laughs> it is legal. Uh, the budget ultraviolet. So, yeah, this is a movie that was on the back of every comic book I bought. Oh, uh, this yeah. this and Aeon a, Flux, like, so traded. It's got a very yeah. European financed oh, yeah. sort of look to <laughs> well, it. Wasn't it one of those films where, uh, like, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, where it was everything trying to push, like, blue screen yeah, that it was but, like, we can make everything in blue screen now. That's just but, movies. But it's not all blue good. screen. Not yeah. good at all. So, I didn't know this about it. It's So, it's Mia Jovovich in between Resident Evil movies. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I didn't realize uh, that some people considered this because of its many similarities with Equilibrium, and because they share the same oh, director. Yeah. The film is considered by some to be its Equilibrium spiritual successor. Yeah. And I, I don't. That. I saw Equilibrium against all odds, uh, but was, did not see this movie. No. I it just seemed yeah. like great. Of, also of I didn't two, know anybody yet when I moved to California and I don't see uh, movies by myself so uh, that's why I still have yet of to the see. two I would say Equilibrium's better and I hate them <laughs> it's <laughs> real, so stupid there's a real cute, cute dog in Equilibrium it's and so it's got stupid. about six good minutes of it it's so stupid what I loved about Equilibrium was how they advertised it I had no clue it existed until after it came out on DVD mm-hmm. but they put it uh, when I saw Matrix uh, Reloaded opening night, mm. they put a trailer for it in front of Matrix just to that be like, smart. hey, 
hey fat idiots like here's <laughs> you like the matrix here's more matrix with like gun dancing man yeah. all you like long black coats we got long black coats yeah. this guy shoots people while wearing a long back black coat I just looked up this uh, director uh, he doesn't direct a lot but he's written a lot of movies mm. one a notable wrote the movie Double Trouble starring the Bar- Barbarian Brothers that's wow. his first yeah. movie wow. also he's written four remakes Thomas uh-huh. Crown Affair um, yeah that's a good one, actually. No. Strangely enough. Oh, yeah. No, that one is good. The yeah. Renee Russo, Pierce yeah. Brosnan. Point yeah. Break, Total no. Recall. Boo, no. Boo. Um, and, a one, and one more to be named later. So the, those <laughs> when P- do you think they'll remake Men in Black? Those mm. PG-13. They I mean, tried. PG-13, it was R.I.P.D. Yeah. Oh. PG-13 killed both of those remakes. Yes. The, that they, um, yeah. Also boo. at this anyway. week, uh, Dave Chappelle's Block Party. That's Yay. that's I think. His return from his uh, Africa trip. For yeah. his self-imposed sabbatical. But that movie's just like. Really fun. And I don't yeah. think if anybody who wasn't Dave Chappelle and went in that exact same situation could pitch a movie to someone like, yeah, a little bit of comedy and then some musicians I like. Well, not just yeah. anybody, Michel Gondry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, but wow. also like the musicians of like... It like it reunited the fucking Fugees yeah. in it. Like, Death nice. Rez, like they, they wouldn't be front and center in any other situation. Certainly so not, it's, no. it, it, the movie has the very vibe he was looking for. Like a inner it's city a, neighborhood, a barbecue, and just well, a couple like bands a, I like. It's a classic concert film in a way, too, mm-hmm. that they don't... Mm-hmm. You, you don't get... Once you can show this stuff on TV, you don't get movies, mm-hmm. theatrically theatrically released films that are concert films like this. Mm-hmm. They pretty That's much true. never happen. Yeah, so, so yeah, it follows Chappelle during the summer of 04 uh, when he threw a block party on the corner of Quincy and Downing in Clinton neighborhood of Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, Kanye West, Most Def, Jill Scott, Eric, Erika Ooh. Badu, Ooh. Roots, Big Daddy Kane, Common, Fuji's, a ton of people, Dead Press. Yeah, I do that, remember that, that time. That is a hell of a lineup. John right Legend. There. I remember yeah. when Kanye West was like coming up. And yeah. He was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Through the wire. Nice. I love Jill Scott. Yeah, she's great too. No, I love that. And, you know, Gondry and Chappelle were buddies. And the most deaf part in Be Kind Rewind was originally supposed to be Dave Chappelle. It had to have been, and, right? Uh, and then he didn't do it. Yeah. Would have been a funnier movie. That it's movie's still a, not. It's still pretty. Yeah, yeah. It's worth one watch. It, uh, the, it's terrible. The thing I remember most about it is being bummed out that Mia Farrow is just like, oh, Mia Farrow, things are not going good for you. What? Yeah. She gets to pick her projects. I get no, She doesn't no, have I mean, to work. No, no. She just seems like... No, no. Not that she's in it, but the... Her, she just seems like a ghost in it or something. Like she just doesn't seem. It's all been there. her thing for forty years, man. You seen Rosemary's Baby? Yeah, all right, you're right. All right, this is the playing you off, Alan Jackson <laughs> sweep. TV this week, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Jessica Alba threatens to sue Playboy what? Uh, for putting her on the cover, mm-hmm. and she ain't naked in it. Yeah, it was uh, Playboy was a magazine that showed naked, <laughs> naked pictures of people. Uh, this is no longer true. They don't. They did their last nude pictorial. Uh, co- it started this year, I believe. Yeah. It was Pam Anderson. Uh, a very fitting final one for them. If they had an old lady, uh, Pam Pam made him a big deal, and she's still pretty, especially in an airbrush with with the function of airbrush. So when they get rid of all uh, that overhead of uh, maintaining a magazine. They probably... Uh, what a savings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so in 2006, they, they were struggling for as much notoriety as they could get. Like Playboy was starting to die at this point. And they did this vote on like, who's the sexiest star on their website? And Jessica Alba won. They asked her, 
to be photographed for it, just to not a nude pictorial, but just to be on the cover. She said no. They then uh, got a publicity still of her from one of her films and put that on the cover. Oh, wow. And she threatened legal action because she said, if you're on the cover of Playboy, they are selling it on you being naked, and Mm -hmm. I did not do a nude pictorial for them. And Mm -hmm. she, this was at the the end of February, the start of March, when it got published, and she, she made all this news about it, and eventually... They retracted it, and then Hugh Hefner wrote a public apology to her for uh, for doing such a horrible thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I also have an opening for Eighth Wife. <laughs> but like, Jessica Alba's never done a nude scene in a film, I think. I think she's one of the... Or, hmm, I don't think so. To Mr. Skin. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, uh, this week uh, begins the 2006 Winter no, Olympics. No, no, I ended it. This, this is the end of it? it? Yep. Oh, yeah. This, well, this is, is how you know the... the the gold count, the medal count. It's oh, the I see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, February twenty sixth. Where were the Winter Olympics in '06? Uh, I believe they were in Turin. The Italy. Yeah. Um, Torino. Torino. Yeah. We uh, America got nine gold, mm-hmm. nine silver, seven bronze. That's it. Shit. It was down from the previous year. Uh, uh, I was joking. I had no idea. Event. But uh, Shawnee Davis, first person of African descent to win individual gold at Winter Olympics for, right. for speed skating. So Weird. it's like cool runnings yeah. never Ooh. happen. That was a team one. This was a solo. Individual. And individual. They didn't yeah. win. They'll make a movie about her. I know. But yeah, it was. And he successfully defended his gold medal the next year in the in the same event. So yeah, he did that four four years later. Yes, uh, (laughs) four years later. But sorry. Um, Uh, But look, these Olympics. I don't care. But what an achievement! Boom. (laughs) Yeah, but America. I think still came in first, which is all that really matters. All that matters, man. Summer Olympics are way more exciting than watching Winter Olympics. So. Was it the 2006 Winter Olympics when America discovered curling as a fun thing to watch? Or was that 2010? I feel like that was like on social media. Everybody's like, curling, look I, at it. It's I so remember cool. 06, like the news, like news broadcast, CNN becoming obsessed with it. Curling, it's yeah. more intense than you think. Well, uh, the joke always, I, like 30 Rock, I think, did a dozen jokes about this. Of NBC paid a shitload of money for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And they didn't need to make the Summer Olympics exciting, but they always had to work hard to be like, and it's the Winter Olympics. It's, it's so exciting. It's mm-hmm. a, the figure skating. Come so on. I, I worked at a TV station during the 04 Olympics, mm-hmm. which I guess was summer. Yeah. Uh, and, man, because NBC had them, and it was so mm-hmm. irritating. You're, you were doing you work today. It's a news broadcast, and then all we can show is stills. And it's like <laughs> these, these are the world games. And I know you bought the rates, but it's like. And then flash forward to like a year or so ago, and it's like, yeah, they're online. I'll watch it. Where like whatever yeah. device I'm on, I don't care. And I know somehow somebody's getting money for it, but like just the idea that like. You can only show stills like mm. of people breaking world records. I think that's <laughs> very contrary to the spirit of the Olympics. Well, my other, my big problem with the Olympics, the way it is broadcast in America, is that they it, it, the time zone doesn't brought to matter. you by sixteen blocks. The time zone doesn't matter. They always show it in prime time. But if a, if you can, you'll get spoilers. Like that yeah. won't happen live sometimes because it happens live at one in the morning. Right. And, yeah. And then also they just save it for oh we know what the big events are so if you wanted to watch fencing you have or or some other sport you're into and want to see on Olympic level you either have to watch online or go to like CNBC or MSNBC man at it's, two like, in the uh, it's like it's uh, like when they do the Battletoads speed run on AGDQ at three in the morning and I'm like guys come on prime time everybody <laughs> what do you 
I, I know people are going to stream Metroid again, but come on. I, that Blast Square thing, I stayed up till midnight Seriously. to watch this. You don't put yeah. Jennifer Anderson on at 3 a.m. It's Battletoads, people. Yeah. <laughs> then, well, I guess we're, we're lucky this coming into the, the World Cup and the next Olympics are both in Brazil, so they're only a couple hours ahead of us. Yeah. It's the rest of the world's got to put up with that yeah. sort of thing. Well, fuck you guys, man. Brazil, Brazil is on our side. It's uh, almost speak- like they were created before things were being televised. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, the fir- one of the first times I watched an entire soccer game, I I just had the reaction of like, where are the commercials? Like, nope. you have a show 45 uh, minutes straight yep. with no commercials. Love pointing that out. Yep. It is not that America has not responded to soccer and doesn't like soccer. ESPN, NBC, the networks don't like soccer because there's nowhere to stick in commercials nope. other than the, other than the side of the stands. Yeah, yeah. side which of the revolves. stands. Sometimes there's a little box at the bottom. They've exactly. tried that, but people get no mad about No soccer fan would allow you to interject commercials yeah. in between the actual yeah. game, so therefore... America does not want soccer, but not the American people. The next 10 minutes are brought to you by Budweiser. (laughs) Well, because if you know there's one thing FIFA isn't, it's sellouts. (laughs) Uh, And I guess combining that programming, Fox tried to do or did do a season of Skating with Celebrities. Dancing Dancing with the Stars was already big, right? Dancing with the Stars was in its second year, very popular at this point in 2006, which... It still feels like a new show to me, so it's yeah, so weird. We to haven't say. watched it yet. Tom Bergeron yeah. had to quit his job at America's Funny Home Videos after 19 years to uh, focus solely on Dancing with the Stars. So, Skating with Celebrities was not a good show. They finished out the year, and like the last episode aired on March 2nd, and on that same day, within 24 hours, Fox said, "We are not renewing this." And, just like, <laughs> and the winner of that first round of. Uh... Skating with celebrities? First Buffy, baby. Yeah, the original original Buffy. Oh, coming up twice in this episode. She started us in 86 in Pretty in Pink. Now she can help us out. Christy Swanson. Thanks, Christy Swanson. And when was her 90s movie? Uh, 92? Yeah, when was it? Buffy was 92. Yeah, so she, uh, man, was she in all three? Maybe if we include Charlie Cheen's The Chase. Uh, oh. movie only I remember judging I remember it. Okay. yeah they skydived in a Corvette man you kidnapped me oh, with I a know, candy bar a no they fuck at top speed in a yeah. car that's right. <laughs> while that's driving right. Henry uh, Rollins so is in that one right who uh, yes. Who, yes. yes he yes. is who was the next Karate Kid uh, Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank okay I was getting Hillary Swank it's the <laughs> Hillary Swank impression <laughs> yeah it's yeah. the Swanson and Swank was getting me confused uh, uh, we'll get into it next week more but Battlestar Galactica the season 2 is starting to end but we'll discuss that next week when this when the Part two of the mm-hmm. thing airs. Uh, really quick for video games this week in 2006, Final Fight Streetwise. Oh, boy. Still the last Final Fight? Uh, it's a needlessly gritty reboot with F bombs and, like, what if Final Fight had no fun or levity at all? <laughs> uh, here's you could go the, a little something. The like trailer it. from 2005. Fist is the only thing you can really rely on in this bullshit world. Capcom presents. These words from my brother Cody were drilled into my head. My name is Kyle Travers. I'm an underground pit fighter in the back alleys and basement fight clubs of Metro City. It's just part of this constant, like, sometimes you can pull this off. And these are from people who made Maximo, which is, like, it kept the spirit of Ghosts and Goblins, like, the fun. Like, Ghosts and Goblins is a strangely creepy ass game mm-hmm. but they brought it into the modern era with a little bit of levity and it was still, still... a heart shaped boxer yeah and there was some fun and this was just like uh nah you can make any nah. final fight game you want it always has to be sometime in the mid 90s yeah otherwise That's the only like, time you're allowed to set final fight games yeah <laughs> it's it's t- it, yeah but it has songs from Rizza, most def fear factory slipknot quite a soundtrack but yeah. just whatever uh, it did not stick and final fight basically only has cameos in other games at this point uh, P. 
PS2 game Black, Black that I know Michael reviewed. Some people really love Black. Yeah, so it was basically... I'm not a fan of Black. A first-person shooter Somebody from... Isolate that. But, <laughs> but, well, once you go Black... You, you do go, go back, back to Halo. You turn it in, turn it at GameStop for Halo. <laughs> um, you get like five bucks. Um, but it's an FPS from Criterion post Burnout Three. So mm-hmm. like Criterion is like made their like you know technical proficiency like cars crashing, glass exploding. So like mm-hmm. all of that now channeled into gun porn of mm-hmm. bullets, sound effects, ricochets, all that stuff. Trying to make an FPS around that. And I remember. Michael reviewing it, mm-hmm. and uh, again, this is uh, right before uh, Radar became a full live site, but I remember him playing it, and unremarkable because I can't remember a single thing about it other the than cover. other than the technolo- technological stuff of like, this is going to be so, and it's like any game built around technology 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, every game today sounds better than it's, this. I remember uh, the cover because it's one of the only first-person shooters to not have a dude with a mask holding on, a gun. It's yeah. just a pile of bullet shells. Yeah. I remember it was one of those games that people talked would talk up in articles in like sure. 2008 of, you overlooked this. This yeah. was really cool. Definitely not a bad game, and it, and it was... It, was impressive. It's just uh, you know notable that it came out this week. Now yeah. let me tell you about its spiritual successor, Body Count. Yes, Body that count. fucking sucked, and IP? it was. That's I a, was so sick of hearing that's a about co- it. That's a Cody's joint. Let me tell you that British people will like loved it and never wanted to stop talking about like this will be the greatest thing ever. Codemasters finally going to make a great thing. It came out and not one person gave a shit about it. Like uh, I, I don't uh, even know what you're talking. Might be about. because don't, well, we did work at a British the company. IT so. band, yeah. my <laughs> IT rock band. <laughs> That's all I can think, too. It's yeah. like, oh, cop killer. Body that count. Got banned. Cop killer. Body count. It might have been our British company or your, the bubble you were living in where you think all, all British people. I think it was mostly... Uh, I speak for all of Anglo-Saxons. Our company. Uh, also this week, uh, LOTR BFME 2. <laughs> That's Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle-Earth 2 on the uh, PC. PC. The RTS. Man, the RTS LOTR BFME 2 on PC. <laughs> uh, got it. You know what this calls for? Are you taking an eye exam? This calls for... (laughs) Who was, I'm sure, popular in 06. Uh, He was at the the top of his game then. Yeah, Professor of Thugonomics. Man, uh, he started to rap-a-do. Diana alarm's going off. (laughs) That's pretty much the end of uh, the 06 segment. Uh, That takes us as we end every show with a little bit of the birthday segment. Oh, birthday! I'm just bored of it. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> this time period, uh, this is uh, um, February 26th through March 3rd in this uh, time period to the end of the show. We have Johnny Cash with a birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, ja Rule, Jimmy Dorsey. Okay. Who? Did you know Justin Bieber and Kesha have the same birthday? Uh, oh, Kesha. On hey, March I hope 1st. things... At the time of this recording, things yeah. aren't so good for you. I hope in a couple I weeks it's hope, uh, a little better. I hope better. for the best for Kesha. Yeah, I hope she stops brushing her teeth with Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig, John Bon Jovi, yeah. Jessica Biel, <laughs> George Miller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Birthday, uh, Oscar winner George Miller. Yeah. Uh, Maybe crossed. by the time this posts, that'll be known information, so don't ruin it. Uh, birthday uh, quiz. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Yeah. All right. Born March 2nd. 1904. Oh, God. Ooh. Whoa. PhD of English literature. Okay. Wrote 46 children's books. Dr. Seuss! As a uh, name. Peter Geisel. Uh, 
Jerry Springer. Sorry, I, yeah. <laughs> you even told me that you were going to do that, and yeah. I still guessed it like an idiot. <laughs> like <laughs> Theodore Geisel. Dr. Yes, Seuss. Theodore Geisel. Uh, Doctor Seuss's birthday. Yeah, I don't remember when he died. I should have wrote that down. I remember I, mean, I was alive when it happened. Yeah, we yeah. were alive for it. it. Was like early nineties or yeah. late eighties, perhaps. Sucked, man. Yeah, like ninety one. Uh, this little okay. kid. Uh, you know those those guys who make all the things you like. You mean Jim Henson and Doctor Seuss? Yeah, they're all going to die. Are, what, like right when you're done. Uh, also, if, also died. Um, Gene Roddenberry. Gene Rod- uh, uh, in 91. Like, but like, as we all know, he's maybe. the creator of Seussical, right? That's the... <laughs> no. My sister was in there, yeah. But uh, yeah, Dr. Seuss. Chris laid on me with Dr. Seuss. I, I just wanted to share this with everybody. I recently bought uh, through Thunderbean Studios this uh, uh, little animation outfit that uh, upreses and uh, HDifies all these forgotten cartoons that aren't Disney Ooh. and Warner Brothers. Uh, through the National Archive, they found Private Snafu, Yay. and I got the greatest. And they like I, I got this from a YouTube clip because I let Bob borrow my Blu-ray box set. They uh. the Blu-ray they are stunningly remastered these uh, original cartoons. Um, but if you remember, because I'm a huge animation nerd, uh, I have Disney's War uh, War collection. So during World War II, basically the War Department, as it was called, the Department of Defense, took over those studios. You'd and almost call it propaganda. A little bit. And so, so like, totally. Disney, whereas Disney could still make stuff, they were making things for the army, like, literally gorgeously animated things like how to rivet and how to weld. Or they would even do stuff like the, um, oh, hey, let's go to Brazil and Mexico. They're yes. our friends. Well, yes. Saludos Amigos. Saludos yeah. Amigos and uh, uh, Three Caballeros. But uh, Warner Brothers won out the contract to actually make entertaining cartoons for our boys overseas. And I do mean boys because this is not for women at all. Uh, but what's what's notable about it is that so it's, it's a Yorkie. No, what's notable about it is that it's Chuck Jones, Frizz Freeling, and Frank Tashlin and Tex Avery Ooh. making cartoons specifically for adult men. You, we were not supposed to see this, and they needed a writer to write sing-songy things to. And they, it's Theodore Geisel's first writing gig. He wrote these slightly dirty. Uh, wow. Cartoon. So this this and is they from our poems, yeah, like, or whatever. Nice. And this is from the cartoon called Booby Trap with a ton of tit jokes. And I love the idea. It's like it's Chuck Jones, Doctor Seuss, and uh, Mel Mel Blank. Oh yeah, man, Mel Blank is the voice of he, Private Snafu, which they still didn't put sorry, yes. fuck on it. It's so. yeah, his, the F in his name is for fuck. They make a whole joke about it in every single intro. It's basically, if Goofus joined the military and was the bad example, and just a little, I have a little clip. If you are a poop, you will be trapped. I wish the hell you'd shut up. I ain't no boob and I won't be trapped. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Bugs Bunny. You know, yeah. seeing him without his picture, I'm like, yeah, it's Bugs Bunny. Yeah, but he still gets he gets to not say boob and hell. Boob and hell, like that's as bad as it gets, and maybe yeah. some damn in there. They're but, amazing. But they're really watch. ribald, yeah. and they're like, because yeah. like they're, they're, they are wacky cartoons, but they're always with like to send the military message, like, don't fuck whores. Don't spend <laughs> yeah. all your money. And they, they create a mosquito character to tell the uh, the, 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 the soldiers about malaria. Like mm-hmm. a mosquito adversary for Private Snafu. And if you wish you heard more of Mel Blanc's Japanese accent, <laughs> Ooh, boy, no. you're going to hear some yeah, more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable they, for those reasons. But it's, yeah, it is, but it was... You, you watch it knowing it is so specifically of its time. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. an archival footage thing. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't show it to children now, but... And also, you know, Dr. Seuss to Cat the Hat and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find out more at LazerTimePodcast.com. Please give us a rating on iTunes and uh, share with your friends. We appreciate everyone who listens to the show and everyone who supports us on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. There's Woo. tiers and bonus tiers. stuff you'll get. Tears of the IE kind and the EI kind and the EA kind. Who cares? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there's there's 
one dollar level, five dollar level, ten level. There's all kinds of ways you can support the show, and that does keep us on the air and keep this show going, which was unlocked thanks to your efforts at Yay. Patreon. I also host VG Empire, the video game music podcast. Uh, we recently talked about Splatoon. We talked about Mario RPGs. We talked about uh, what was the most recent? We've done a Warcraft episode coming up for Warcraft One, Two, and Three. We did Lost Vikings. All kinds of fun stuff. And because uh, Chris stepped away, I'll take uh, over for the Laser Time talk. That uh, we there's Laser Time, the podcast that started all where we talk about uh, one specific pop culture subject for an entire episode. I think the most recent one that came out would be uh, programming blocks, TGIF, SNCC, all that. We talk uh, big time about all that. Plus, there's Talking Simpsons, where we go chronologically through every episode of The Simpsons and review it one episode at a time. And uh, we have reached the end of season two or just about so keep on a listening folks uh and there's also cape crisis the comic book podcast i do every week where we talk about the newest events in the world of comic books and also give you rundowns on famous characters like deadpool so busy thinking about video game apocalypse the video game <laughs> show that my husband michael hosts and it's about video games and video game related things and we also have uh, Cheap Popcast, the pro wrestling show. I was afraid to even mention it. No, that's, that's it. Audience. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, taking us out, uh, Chris did suggest, uh, since we talked about Pretty in Pink early, earlier in the episode, uh, the psychedelic furs right from uh, Pretty in Pink. Uh, we'll see you next time. She turns herself around and she smiles and she says, This is it, that's the end of the joke. And loses herself and